welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Growing up, my perspective of what it meant to be baptized in the Holy Spirit was it was a language that was definitely not English because I didn't understand a word that was said out of any of these people's mouths. I thought it was kind of crazy. As I wanted to know more about it, I started reading in the Bible more about it and started to get more of an interest in it. I, it was something that I, I knew that I wanted to have for myself. We would always go to summer camp every summer where uh, it was a week long. All you do is get sweaty, uh, mostly guys, get sweaty and play games. And then they would always have uh, services in the morning and at night. Every Wednesday night, you knew it was the uh, the Holy Spirit night. The, the speaker would talk about the Holy Spirit, talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, and would then invite you to come up to the altar to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Going up to the front as a, as a seventh grader, uh, this was something that was very scary, but I knew in my heart that this was something that I wanted to do. And all the speaker told me to do was open my hands and tell the Holy Spirit that I want him to enter into my life and I would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, nothing happened. I was devastated. I felt like there was something wrong with me. I felt like maybe I wasn't a Christian. And each year, the same thing would happen. And after a while, I just stopped going to summer camp, just felt like I didn't want to, you know, break my summer for a, a week of disappointment. So about three years ago, I had the opportunity to go back to camp, uh, not as a student or a leader, but as a part of the worship band. It was something that was nice because I didn't have to worry about whether or not I would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I was okay with that. And all of a sudden, the speaker kind of stopped everything and basically said there are leaders and there are adults here who have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and want to. And this is your opportunity. And it was one of those instances where I felt like he was directly talking to me. And immediately I took off my guitar and went down to the front where this time I did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was constant peace that came over me. Uh, there was no sense of regret. There was no sense of worry or rejection that I had felt those many years ago. It was just, I felt like uh, the Spirit of God was just overflowing in, in me. Since that night at camp, my relationship with God, I feel, has increased incredibly because of my prayer time. Things are happening in my life because of my prayers and because of my prayer language that maybe uh, wouldn't have happened if I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, I want to say thanks to Matt for uh, sharing that. He is our youth pastor at our Faribault campus. Very excited for that. And uh, one clarification is he was saying of and in. And remember I said sometimes when you're talking of, in, of, in, you go faster, baptism in the Holy Spirit with 
Just to be clear from our teaching last week, baptism of the Holy Spirit is into the body of Christ. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is where we experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, where we see this uh, move and power of God in Acts chapter 2. And it's great to hear these testimonies. Um, I also noticed that we had a consistent theme uh, in our testimonies with our videos that it was like, I I prayed, um, nothing happened. Uh, I waited, I waited, I felt something, but I didn't quite get the breakthrough. Uh, Waited, some waited months, some went back to the Holy Spirit retreat. Uh, You heard with Matt's testimony, kind of gave up and was like, okay, that's just for others. And then God says, no, 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 you're going to come up and you're going to receive this. And uh, I don't want everyone to start thinking that every time you pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's going to take days, weeks, and months had somebody at the recent Holy Spirit retreat, they just said, well, this is my second one. I hope I don't have to go to seven until I get this, you know. And I just want to share this with you. Uh, Sometimes the baptism in the Holy Spirit happens just instantly. I mean, it just happens right there instantly. And when we look in the Bible, we see that. And uh, in our church, we'll see this happen. Baptism in the Holy Spirit instantly. Last weekend at the prayer uh, time at the end of service, People were praying with people, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Instantly, they started speaking in tongues. I had one couple that came up to me. They were just crying. They said, it was just so cool to see it happen so fast and so neat right there. It just happened. And um, so it doesn't always take a long, long time. Myself, when I prayed for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, uh, about maybe an hour and a half of just praying at the altar and waiting and just seeking the Lord, it happened. Uh, Pastor Darren shares that within minutes, I mean, he just went up and he said, I had no clue what was in the Bible. He said, I thought cleanliness was next to godliness was in there. You know, he said, I had no clue what scriptures were in there. And so when they said you could get the power of the Holy Spirit, he's like, I was all in. And he said, I just started praying and started speaking in tongues and it happened right away. So uh, I want to just balance it out. For some, it takes a while. And for some, it happens, boom, right away. And I think it has a lot to do with our yieldedness. I think it has a lot to do with our yieldedness. And I just feel led to speak this to somebody. Um, You may say, I prayed for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I felt moved. I didn't get a prayer language. I didn't see any of these things in operation right here. And for some, we start to think, okay, God must want to hold this back from me. And we imagine that there's some blockage right here, like we're not worthy, we're not good enough, and and God must somehow want to hold this back from you, and that couldn't be any further from the truth. If there's a blockage anywhere in the process, it's here, okay? It's here or it's between here, all right? That's where our blockage is. It's the supernatural. We're trying to understand this. We're trying to move in this. And God is wanting to pour this out and baptize us in and with the Holy Spirit. And and he's willing and able and doing it. And we just start thinking like, I don't understand this. I can't get around this. I can't. And then what happens if you don't see something happen right away? You will many times people will live in a spirit of condemnation. And they'll start thinking, I'm unworthy. I'm not accepted. Um, God doesn't love me. Matter of fact, with my own mother's testimony, um, she talks about this. And when she prayed for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, didn't see any physical signs at all. Um, She just prayed. She said, well, God, um, thank you for loving me so far. And um, if you don't love me anymore, that's okay. Um, It was really good the way you loved me. And I know I've lived a terrible life in some ways. And so if that disqualifies me, 
then, uh, you know, it was good. I really loved what I felt already, and thanks, Lord, and um, thanks, Lord, and just kind of lived in condemnation. Thank God that just a couple days later, she felt this and started to speak in tongues and realized, wait a minute, God did baptize me in the Holy Spirit, and she didn't have to live under that condemnation. So I'm telling you that um, when God, when you ask him for this, whether you start to see something or not, there is no blockage here. The blockage is clearly here. You just can't figure out, like, how does this work? How does this work? Imagine the first time God says to you, I want you to step out in faith, and I'm going to use you in the miraculous, and you're going to be used for a healing. Go pray for that person for a healing. How many know that you're like, oh, no, I can't do that, Lord. Use somebody else, Lord. That must not be you. Is that really you? How many know that we do that? And we start, no, no, no that can't be you. That can't be you. I, is that really you? And, and, and how many know you can miss a moment because you just start that blockage? It's all in here. So yield to this and understand it is for today. We believe that we need to be a spirit-filled church, a spirit-empowered church. And funny, um, I have autocorrect on my texting, which how many know that can get you into big trouble? Yeah. <laughs> Just, wow. But uh, I typed one out, and it said, we believe in a spirit-filled church. And for somehow, the way I had mistyped it, it said, we believe in a spirit-fueled church. And I was like, spirit-fueled, spirit-filled, it's all good. How many know we believe in both of those, all right? Spirit-filled and spirit-fueled. But on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples, on the 120 that were gathered together in one place, and the Holy Spirit became the active force of God on the earth today. And I'm here to tell you that that didn't end. That did not end. Peter promises there uh, that this is for those that are here, for their children, and then for those that are far off. There were some that would say that it stopped. I would say there's not a chance that it stopped. It's for today, and if there ever was a time we need to be a spirit-filled and a spirit-fueled church, it's now. Now, I want to say this as your pastor, and I want you to receive this. um, I just want to say to you that, once again, um, if we've not made this prevalent enough, if we've not shared this enough, I apologize. I had somebody say to me at the recent Holy Spirit retreat, I've been coming here for a couple years, and I didn't know we were this strong in this area. And I just, I felt like I just needed to apologize in that and say, we've always taught this at our Holy Spirit retreat. We've alluded to things and we've said things. And uh, maybe because of past experiences in certain services, we've not wanted people to think we were branded or labeled with a group. But I tell you that we are a spirit-filled church. And if I've not shared that strong enough, and you've not gathered that, please hear that today and accept this apology that we will unashamedly say we are a spirit-filled church, a spirit-filled church, and it doesn't mean that we're going to go crazy. Things will be done decently in order, but we believe the gifts are for today and need to be in operation. So we're going to ask Jesus to baptize in the whole, us in the Holy Spirit, and as we're open to this, we receive this, we flow in these gifts and if I could go back to last week, um, our youngest son, Logan, said, do, do I get to unlock these gifts? If you remember, I get to unlock, if I get this one, Master, then I unlock to the next level and the next level. And I said no, and, uh, and I shared a little bit of clarification on that, and I want to add to this a little bit more. 
I believe that when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you now say, uh, Jesus, you can baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you can now use me in these gifts. We're going to look at nine gifts today that you can be used in. And I believe in that moment when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can give you whatever gift he wants for whatever moment. It says, as the Spirit wills, he gives them to us. And I know that some have had this understanding, and up until recently, I had this understanding as well. Like, how many gifts do you get? Two? Did you get one? Do you have three and I have five? Do you have eight? You know, it's kind of like, which ones do you have? And I, I believe this through a further understanding of the word that the Holy Spirit can give you whatever gift he wants to give you in whatever situation you're in. Imagine you're near someone that needs a healing and the Holy Spirit says, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and right now I'm going to give you this gift of healing to go and pray for this person and right now you are going to pray in such a way that it's going to happen. And you're like, but I've never been used that way before. But when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe at any time, at any moment that he wants to use you in those gifts, he can. He can go ahead and say, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want. It's not like, oh, I only got two. I only got one. Uh, I got three. I believe that he can go ahead and have us flow in these. And some are just more open to flowing in them. Some are more easy. We just, again, the battle that's going on, like, oh, Lord, I can't say that. If I say that, they'll think I'm crazy. If I go up to that person and say that, how in the world, what in the world? I mean, I can't do that. I can't do that. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit's like, I want to use you with this. That person needs to be set free. And will you go over there? And you're like, I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. And the Holy Spirit's looking around like, who else can I use? All right. Will you go over and tell that person what they need to know? And the Holy Spirit will use those gifts to help build and edify the body of Christ. So to Logan, our youngest son, I would just say, go ahead, unlock them all. Go for it. All right. Just go for it. And all of us, just keep going for it. Interestingly enough, Paul tells Timothy when he's talking about spiritual gifts, he says, don't neglect the gifts. Don't neglect the gifts that have been given to you by the laying on of hands. Matter of fact, in 2 Timothy 1.6, he tells Timothy, he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And he's saying, I want you to fan it into flame. And how many know with the spiritual gifts, they can either be burning really, really bright in your life or they can go down. So apparently from this passage and from others, we can see that the, the, the gifts of the Spirit that are there can be either fanned into flame and really going hot, or they can get a little cold in our life. And the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, don't let it get cold. Don't let it get cold. Fan it into flame. Go for it. Fire it up. Let's do this here. Okay, so this is what's going on. Now, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're going to look at them, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll eventually get there. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, not to be confused with the nine fruits of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, it talks about fruit of the Spirit, and let me just say very quickly, fruit of the Spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, okay, that's character, godly character that is in your life. For all believers, as we follow God, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the change that happens in our life brings the fruit of the Spirit, and it makes us more like Christ. It be, makes us more godly. 
exceptional. We need to go after that. We need to pursue that. Everyone that is a follower of Jesus Christ should pursue having the fruit of the Spirit developed in your life, okay? But the gifts of the Spirit are very different, and we'll look at them. The gifts of the Spirit come after the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And just to let you know, there's about 110 verses in the Bible that talk about this. There are eight chapters that talk about the gifts in the Holy Spirit. Um, And that's not including the works of Jesus, which I believe were inspired and done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, So you think about all that's in there. There's a lot there, and we can't neglect it. Now, we are, we are encouraged to go after the gifts, to be aggressive, to pursue this. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 39, it says, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. That's one of the gifts that's there. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, And desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, it says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. It's saying, let's go for this. These are things that are good. We just talked about Timothy. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. And then Paul says, stir up the gift. He's saying, stir up. So we should go after it. We should desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We should go after them. With that being said, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11, where we find the gifts listed. It says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are at work of the one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. All right? So let's break this list down, and I'm going to take them a little bit out of order. I'm going to clump them together with the different types of gifts. The first grouping of gifts, three gifts, the first gifts would be ones that I would call discerning gifts. These are discerning gifts, and they operate in the church today. It's something with information that comes into your mind, and this is how they function. The first one is word of knowledge. There would be a word of knowledge where the Holy Spirit allows you to know something that you didn't know already. Sometimes people that operate in this gift, when they share it with other people, they're like, who told you that? Who t- did you read my email? Did you know that? How did you know that? Because nobody would have known that. How did you know that? Because they were given a word of knowledge. And in that moment, it brings some clarification to what's going on. I can remember um, Mick Miller. He's in our church. We were praying for him. He's going in for surgery. And one of the ladies in our prayer team just looked at him and she said, hey, I just feel led to tell you this. I feel God has given me a word of knowledge. Um, The tumor that's on your lung, it's not cancerous. Um, The tumor that's on your lung, it has a main vein going through it. Um, And it's not really in the middle, it's more to the side, and you're going to be okay. God is it all under control, and he wants you to be at peace as you go into surgery. So we go into the waiting room, we're there, and the 
with the doctor. The doctor comes in. He says, hey, Mick, we want to tell you the biopsy on this growth on your lung. doesn't look like it's cancer, and, but we're a little concerned because there's a main vein going right through the tumor, uh, but we think it's going to be okay, but we want you to be aware of that. And it's not really where we thought it was. It's, it's moved a little bit. It's on the other location, a little bit over there, but we think it's going to be all okay. Um, do you have any questions about the surgery? And he's like, not for you, but for my pastor, I do. You know, so... <laughs> And God was trying to tell him, as you go into surgery, be at peace. Now, who would know that? I mean, who would know? Mick didn't even know until the doctor told them that, okay? So that's a word of knowledge in that moment, uh, allowing something to help, that supernatural information transfer that allows it to go on so that we can move forward. Jesus had this with this Samaritan woman, you know? He's like, bring your husband here. She's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, right, you're right. You've been married four times, and the guy right now, you're living with him. She's like, oh. How did you know that? We've never talked before. Okay, and he didn't do that to embarrass her. He did that to show that the power of God was at work. Word of knowledge. It's great in the church when it works in the right way. There's also discerning of spirits where a believer is made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. And someone say, oh, what do you mean about that? Demons. Okay, guys, if we believe heaven, hell, Jesus, Satan, there, there's good and evil. Okay, church is not just a happy-go-lucky club place where we hang out and sing nice songs and support each other in our trials. There is a real spiritual battle going on here. And there's a spiritual gift that people are given. The Holy Spirit will help you discern when something is out of order and evil. He will help you to understand. And uh, I love what Robert Morris says in his book. He said, if an evil spirit was attacking you or your business or your family, would you not want the Holy Spirit to tell you? I mean, how cool would it be? You know, you're trying to figure out, like, why is this struggle going on? And all of a sudden, the Lord gives you a revelation through the power of the Holy Spirit, and he helps you discern what's going on so that you know how to pray against an attack of the enemy. So this is happening. Now, with that being said, that doesn't mean we run around and I discern a demon in the speaker and a demon in the sound booth and a demon over there. Okay, how many know? All right, that's just, oh, you know, that's, we're going to avoid that, okay? We're going to do things decently and in order. But we see this in the Bible. We see in Acts chapter 16, um, the apostle Paul is, is teaching and there's this slave girl going around going, these guys are, are children of the most high God. These guys are truthful. And she's like taunting them in their ministry, but she's saying the right things. And the Holy Spirit tells Paul, that woman has a demonic spirit and she is not being helpful to the building of the church. And Paul turns and casts the demon out of her because before that, he's just irritated with her. And he's like, why am I irritated with her? She's saying all the right things. She's saying good things about us, but it's, it feels wrong. And the Holy Spirit helps him to discern that. He casts the demon out, and then she's normal, okay? So there are those things. There's, there's times where I have been around people that I have not met, and the Holy Spirit would just, it's almost like the hair stands up on the back of your neck. You're just like, what in the world is going on here? What is this person into? And afterwards, I might ask, I'll say like, what, what? And they're, oh yeah, they're big into this and this and witchcraft and this. And I'm like, wow, man, I'm I just, just being around them. I mean, I was on edge. And I've always wondered if, if I can feel them, can they feel me? 
I mean, when they walk in the room, they like, let's say, I'm not just saying they're at Rotary, but it's just an example, okay? But if they, you're like, the Rotary is full of demon possessed. No, it's not. All right. But I'm just saying, like, I'm in Rotary and say somebody's there and they come in with something evil on them. Can they walk into the meeting and go like, ooh, table three, watch out for table three, something over there at table three, you know, and they're just kind of like, somebody over there has got something good on them and I want to stay way far away. I believe they can. But anyways, all right. Discerning of spirits. It's in there. A third one in these discerning gifts is a word of wisdom, a word of wisdom. The Holy Spirit gives a divine answer for a problem or a challenge or a question. There's a word of wisdom that the Holy Spirit can give you. I have seen this happen. I was in a meeting once and a, and a guy just said, God wants me to tell you that your company is struggling and you're deciding between this, spending all this on this new technology, you need to do it. The Lord is, is sharing. And it was like a secret in their company. And they're just like, oh. Like, and the Lord just gave this guy. He said, he's, he, the Lord just wants to tell you, you need to do the new technology. It's the right thing to do it. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's the word of wisdom where he's giving an insight into a, a problem or challenge or question. And in Acts chapter 27, Paul is on the, the ship. And they're in the storm, and God gives him a word of wisdom. And the Apostle Paul says, if we stay with the ship, we live. Not a one of us will die. God has told me, if we stay with the ship, we live. Everything within him says, jump ship, go to shore, get out of here. And he says, no, we don't do it. Matter of fact, a couple guys were sneaking off to get off the ship, and the Apostle Paul says, if they leave, they die. If they leave, they die. So convincingly so, they get back on. And the Bible says that the boat goes and crashes against the rocks, but they all make it to shore, and they all live exactly like the Apostle Paul said, with the word of wisdom. All right? Then we have another grouping here. So that was the first three. We have a second grouping, the dynamic gifts that are in operation. These are powerful gifts with action, okay? Now, these are a supernatural confidence or what some would call the gift of faith. Your Bible may say that, a gift of faith. And some may say supernatural confidence would be a, a new way to contemporary, you know, make it contemporary. But it's a supernatural endowment of belief and confidence for a specific situation, okay? For example, buying this land and buying this building and renting this spot. I knew that I knew that I knew that we were supposed to be here with our church in Apple Valley. I knew it. I knew it. And even though financially it looked like there's no way it would work, I knew that God said, you are supposed to step out and do this. I knew it. Now, to give you an understanding, our total income for the month was 20000 and our new building payment was going to be 14000 Okay? That didn't include utilities. Okay? And yet I knew that God said, you're supposed to step out in faith and do this. And it, I needed to get a letter of credit for a quarter million dollars to convince the landlord that the Lord was speaking to me, you know. <laughs> but I knew that I knew that I knew. There was such confidence. It was like I couldn't be shaken. I didn't lose sleep. Sometimes people say, Pastor Rob, how do you not lose sleep all the time? And I say, when, I'm, when you're moving in this, when the Holy Spirit gives you supernatural confidence, and when you make those strategic decisions with a gift of faith and a gifting, a special gift of faith, man, you could sleep at night because you know that it's been taken care of. All right. Another one of these dynamic gifts is supernatural healing. 
Supernatural healing happens. And I want to let you know that doesn't just mean faith healers. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, I don't have that one. And I thank God because it has to have weird hair and make people fall down. Or, you know what I mean? No, no, all right. All right. Supernatural healing. This is just healing miracles that happen. And I believe all of us, catch this, all of us can flow in this gift. God wants to use you to bring healing to people that need healing. If you're in proximity to somebody that needs a healing and you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and God asks you to pray, you're there. You're there. And the best example I can give of this is when Connor uh, had autism. And if you don't know that story, you need to go online and, and watch that sermon. But our oldest son was born with autism. And uh, when he was four and a half years old, he was miraculously healed of autism. Now, when that happened, God used a regular preacher that did not have a major healing ministry. No one was showing up with buses for him, but he was visiting our church. And in a very nonchalant, regular moment, he said, is there anything you can pray for? And we prayed for Connor's healing and Connor was miraculously healed. And in that moment, he gave us really what would be seen as not only just a miraculous healing that God used him in, but he gave us like a word of knowledge and understanding. And he said, God has done this for his glory. He's healed your son, and he's heard that you've not complained about this, and that you've loved him you know, just faithfully and unswervingly, and you've stayed faithful to him. And for God's glory, he now heals your son. And it was just an amazing thing. Regular day, regular moment, nobody slamming anybody on the head in the, you know, in the loading dock at Falcon Ridge Middle School. Okay? This happens today. Supernatural healing is a gift that we can flow in. Another one is supernatural miracles, where there's a divine intervention that alters a circumstance. And if you look throughout your Bible, there are miracles and miracles and miracles and miracles and miracles that happen, and we believe they still take place today. The Holy Spirit is active and alive, and the miracles of God are for today. And we can pray for miracles, believe in miracles. We can see them happen. And I, and I know that the world bombards us with all these things that go against us and all between our ears and our thinking. We're like, but it can't be, but it can't be, but it can't be, but it can't be. Yes, it can. Yes, it is true. The miracles of God still happen. And it's not like every moment that you walk, there's another miracle, uh, there's another one, there's another one, there's over there. They're miracles, and they happen, and they're spectacular, and that's why they're called miracles, all right? Now, I'm going to do something that I've not done before. Um, I'm actually going to preach part two in the very next service. And for those that are watching at our campuses, um, I'm actually going to preach part two and put it online because this is slated as a three-part series, and it's going to now be four, and, uh, and we're going to have to watch it online. You just have to commit that you'll go and watch it. We'll make it available uh, and do that. And for those that are at the service today uh, in Apple Valley, you can go to the overflow or hang on. I'm preaching part two right after. I've never done it before. I'm just pastoring through multi-site, ignoring how we've done it before and just kind of going with the flow here. So we've got six of the nine gifts and more to come. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I just, we're going with it, all right? And the reason, it's Easter next week. How do you move Easter, okay? <laughs> 
I can't move Easter. So I was like, I can extend the series. And then we've got Keith Craft coming. I can't say he can't come. And so I was like, what am I going to do? So this is what we're going to do. And uh, let me just explain this. Um, it's okay if we don't have it all figured out. It's okay if we don't have it all figured out. Even on the day of Pentecost, Peter had to say this. He had to say, guys, they're not drunk like you suppose. What this is, is this is the Holy Spirit. And this is what it's... So here he is to educated religious people. He's having to explain to them, like, guys, I know this looks crazy, but here's what it is. And he's having to bring understanding. And it's pretty funny because a friend of mine said this. He said, isn't it funny that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit had to come with a drunken disclaimer? I mean, it's kind of a neat way for the Lord to launch the power of the Holy Spirit. But we don't have it all figured out. We are moving in the supernatural. We don't have it all figured out, but I commit that we will pastor this, we will lead this, and we will disciple this in our church and uh, within the culture and expression that we live in. The gifts will be in operation. They will be dynamic. They will be life-changing, and these gifts will help us to build the body of Christ. Never forget, all the gifts, all the gifts, all the gifts are so we can reach more people. So they're all for They are all for us, reaching more people. You'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You're going to get the power to reach more people. So as we close out this service, let's pray for the power to reach more people. Lord Jesus, we pray for the power to reach more people. We pray for the power, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And even now I pray that as the prayer teams come forward at the end of this service, that there would just be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that people would be baptized in the Holy Spirit in just a natural way. It'd be very real, very natural, supernatural, which if that even makes sense, normal. How about if we say that? Lord, I'm praying for a normal supernatural, a normal supernatural that our church would expect and believe and receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.